Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It is the uh, 18th of June, 2020, day 100 of uh, the COVID um, pandemic. It was 100 days ago that uh, the World Health Organization declared a global pandemic. Um, and uh, yeah, I think we're into week 14 now. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Dave, we got a, we got a great show today. I'm, I'm, I'm so looking forward to today. Yeah, this is this one's pretty exciting. Yeah, we have um, a real professional, like like, like not one of the, <laughs> not one of the fake professionals we usually get, but what a real one. Uh, we have um, uh, Khalid Salah, the uh, co-founder and the CEO of Invest, the um, rather massive um, conversion optimization and uh, user experience organization. Yeah, um, really looking forward to getting Khalid to come in. He is, I think we. I think we've had I think we've had Khalid on a, a few years ago. I remember his name and he's ringing a bell. And um, I went back and did the research, but with the new platform that the site's on, and there's still so many episodes to go back and research through. But I, I'll bet you, like like maybe five or six years ago, we had this guy on. Well, go go figure. I know I know this this is exciting. Um, you know what? I'm, so we we normally often we can we can not run out of stories talking about news for an hour <laughs> and now we have like 10 15 minutes until we're until we're bringing on a guest we're both super excited to chat with so we so, should move uh, fast we should dive right in okay um do you do any you do you do you do advertising on in social media right i i don't manage it myself but yes i i know okay, what you're well, talking about and we uh, do Beanstalk does um yep. snapchat introducing ad certification for its platform yeah. Um, I think this is really cool because you know we had to make it up with Google with 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 Google AdWords and you know for a little while people were just making not making it up but we sort of had to make our own ways of doing stuff. Yep. Um, coming out the gate with like training on how to use the platform, I think it kind of makes the world a lot easier and probably makes the world better for clients. Yeah, yeah, I think that they. They are always good, and it's funny. Like you, you've probably heard me ragging on them, um, either on this show or, or you know, in various other channels about you know every eighteen months I have to go and recertify it, you know, for Google Ads and, and mm-hmm. these sorts of things. And I'll always mention it, or I, I may offhand mention it, and people will be like, "That's rubbish." But what it does do, and and it is true. Like if all you knew was what they teach you in those courses, it's not a lot right like it's no, not it's a, not going to be setting the bar but it sets a base right it's like foundation at, which is, yeah which is what i think is good and it, it sets a great foundation as far as i can because after that everything specializes right like i use a lot of feeds and things like that so my knowledge in shopping is maybe higher than people who are probably more knowledgeable in the global scope of paid search than i am right like i think i, I don't know whether she knows feeds or not but like i could look at somebody like nava and if I happen to know more about the way shopping feeds work, I'm not going to pretend that I know more about the way paid search works than she does. <laughs> like, I just don't. But so, but it sets that base where we all know where we can all communicate and we all know enough about the other ones. And it's like, oh, okay, I can see where things overlap. 
right? And where I might need to learn something else. So I, I think that's great. And, uh, you know, we've had the discussion about doing that to SEO. Right? Well, it just happens. See, what I see happening here, and, and same with AdWords, is they're, they're not teaching you all your chops. You got to learn that yourself. Yeah. You got to learn to know what the right bid is and when the right time, when the right time to come in and how to do your keyword research. You need to learn all that yourself. Mm -hmm. But what Google AdWords can do, what, what Snapchat can do, what Facebook could do, and what I think we could do with SEO, if we applied the same philosophy, is give a like a minimum professional standard. This is what somebody in this environment does, and this is how they act. It's um, true, and it is good. And they can't teach you how to write a good ad, but they can show you where you'll see whether it is good or not, right? Like, which is, is pretty critical. You know, but in law school doesn't make you a good lawyer. <laughs> but it gives you the training right. so you can make yourself a good lawyer. Right. Right. It's a great point. Um, I, I see it the same with, 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 with certification from the search engines or from the, uh, the marketing platforms, social yeah. platforms. Um, and, you know, the, the, we keep looking for this all-in-one solution. But, again, just, you know, minimum, minimum viable product. And let's see what we, can, what we can accomplish if we can just get that, just get that done, yeah. you know? <laughs> Well, yeah, and truthfully, the only all-in-one solution is whatever you've grown your brain and agency to be, right? <laughs> like that's that's all it can it, it can be, and it'll be all of whatever it's it's built to be. So, yeah, we you're right, we do. We keep looking for a shortcut like SEO. Like we got SEOs, right? What's the trick? There isn't any. Right? Like, no. Just you, you got to learn and 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 you got to figure it out on your own. In a lot of cases, but there's some some wonderful resources, and you're right. It's a great starting point. And then at least they'll have taught you how to tell if what you're doing is broken. Indeed. But again, more importantly, what I'm hoping, you know, how, you know, what do they say about university? University doesn't really teach you anything. It teaches you how to think, right. how to order yeah. your thoughts and how to, how to do research. Mm -hmm. I would just love to see that. Just, just, just get that baseline done so that we, so that we, we have some basic professional standard mm -hmm. and let the industry reinvent itself from there. Yeah, I bet you amazing stuff would happen. Okay, um, I had a great segue, a great, a great joke segue, but if that's like two whole paragraphs ago, oh. um, you will be learning a whole bunch about SEO and the frustrations of SEO if you got a brand new website, especially if if like the Mueller curse comes real, where Mueller is saying it might take up to a full year before your website sort of settles into the uh, place Google will put it in. Did you read exactly how he phrased all that stuff he said? <laughs> yeah, I did. But at first, I had seen the the um, title, of course, and then you sort of like read it later. Now I'm having to like glance again and go, "Okay, yeah, how had he worded this?" Like specifically, this is the but, Mueller curse, dude. I'm telling you. But it, well, it's the thing that I find funny is as soon as I read that, and then I, I looked through, and I'm like. I can only imagine so many like long-standing website owners, people whose sites are five, six, seven, ten years old, going. Or do you mean like a decade? Right? <laughs> like, do you mean it might fluctuate for? And now you're going to give us a core update, right? Like, how about some poor bastard whose site is languishing on page on, on like page five? <laughs> here, Mueller's pretty much said, "Yeah, well, that's where we think you should be." Yeah. Like, yeah. okay, so what can I do about this? Right. And you know what? Isn't that wonderful? Because that's what you hire SEOs to help you with. Well, yeah, indeed. But again, this is just like, I understand what, what John was trying to do. And I understand that, that, that Darren and Brady are going to be fielding some letters from this, but whatever. Um, I understand what John was trying to do in the explanation, but, but honest to goodness, what, what I, what I, 
what I read here is him saying, once we got your peg, we got your peg. And I, that, that you're going to do some heavy lifting to, to move out of that um, niche that they've shoved you into. Right. And again, Google might like play with your website like a volleyball for a whole year until it finds that little ranking niche area uh, based on the various topical phrasing keywords that they're going to rank your site against. But once you're there, you're... am I wrong in reading that or what? Well, what, the way I interpreted it, and we're th- both just interpreting My my interpretation was in the first year, they're not quite sure what your trust level is, right? So they're yeah. kind of working that out and, and ebbing and flowing, which tells me a, a strong strategy, right? You, within a year, they'll sort of have you pegged exactly as you're pointing. Well, start strong and hard and bust your ass for the first year. <laughs> like just, just go full force, especially in the first year, right? Like people, well, I'll launch my site and sort of like grow it over time. That's how I did it, right? Like you probably like, it was 2004, right? We launched a site. It was probably like eight pages or something, right? <laughs> it sort of slowly grew over time. Um, in this case, yeah, you might launch it that, but you'd have to have a very aggressive strategy because you're wanting to build that authority and like lock that in and show we have constant growth and authority. We have constant. Now, you yep. could argue that after a year, if they see that authority just sort of plateaus, they might take new metrics in and go, okay, it used to be important. It's not. And then they'll sort of, slowly dwindle you down not through a high you know fluctuations ebbing and flowing but just sort of gradually over time decline so you're gonna have to maintain whatever you set the the bar at but we we know for sure that we have new this is actually one of the very first times where we know absolutely for sure that we have new um elements that are become that are going to be moved into the uh into the ranking algorithm it's gonna be it's actually really cool having khalid coming on because um He's, he's a usability expert, and this is all usability stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be cool to bounce some some thoughts off of them. I think we got time for one more before we got to go to uh, go to a break. Um, do you? Uh, but before we go to that, I got a quick, quick weird, quick SEO to SEO weirdo question. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think I know the question. No, 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 you don't. This is a weird one because this this has just come up in the last twenty four hours for me, and I just seem to be getting like really challenging cases lately. Mm-hmm. Okay, so got this site. It's um, it's built on a content management system, um, vaguely PHP based. Okay. Um, the site itself has probably eleven to fifteen hundred actual pages. If you count all the description and product pages and permutations and stuff, you can get off the product pages and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But eleven hundred to fifteen hundred real, honest to goodness uh, page URLs that could be uh, indexed by Google. Okay, mm-hmm. it has a really weird uh, uh, function that allows you to pick one of a gajillion different of, of say twenty different types of currencies. <laughs> Each of those currencies creates a specific URL. Yeah. yeah. So you send a spider through this, and suddenly you've gone from say eleven hundred URLs to one hundred seventy-three thousand, one hundred forty thousand of which are broken. Do you think Google's got a problem with that? <laughs> like, and I've seen this in a couple different content management systems recently, and I'm wondering, like, what the heck? Is it me, or is this? Am I, am I really perceiving a problem that's getting bigger and bigger? I, I see this as a real problem. Yeah, I, I, I sort of, so do I. I and I, I take it back, if, if nothing else, crawl budget. 
right? Like just yeah. if, if nothing else. Um, yeah, Google, I, Google I, knows they're bogus pages. Yeah. Well, and I liken it to back in the old days, like you, you probably saw it too, and Google's gotten pretty good, but I still see them occasionally where it would get sent into like a parameter loop, right? You'd get like AID equals one, two, three ampersand, AID equals one, two, three, right? Like where you just get these, it's all and then they back to itself and they would yeah, yeah, yeah. stack them be, with relative URLs. And I, I liken it a lot to that. Uh, you could block the bots if it's done with a parameter. It's probably the route I'd go or, or at least make sure they're canonical back to the original source. But it's but yeah, I, I do think that's that's a, a waste, right? Of, of, of crawl budget, if nothing else. Well, moreover, you're going to get, you're going to probably get burned on this unless it's, unless you've had a thorough audit done before the site launches in the first place. Mm-hmm. So now you got this big eight ball. You've got to work yourself out from behind and then you can start your climb upwards. Oh, Over so you're going to handed this. Oh, that's wonderful. I know. it. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget, it's a new website. So we got a whole year of flux to be get like. Right. To begin with, let and, alone. And this is why I'm in the mood I'm in, Dave. <laughs> hello hello hey guys okay that is khalid salah who's come uh, into the studio welcome here man there you go how are you guys doing excellent no we, we we even had a whole intro that we were gonna read uh coming off the commercial but forget that you're already here <laughs> there you go uh are you guys recording video and, and audio or just video just audio just oh, audio. Just, just audio because I was um, going to say, there's video I need to clean up quickly. <laughs> Just finish up meeting <laughs> with a client. So. <laughs> and uh, you were, uh, it is recorded, absolutely. But it's also your, your live to air right now, too. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> well everybody. A, uh, a, uh, a live listening audience of several. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Khalid Salah, CEO and, and co-founder of Invest. Um Conversion optimization and uh, uh, usability. Welcome to Webcology. Uh, thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Um, I don't even know where to where where to uh, uh, start the interview. We, we, I I don't know if you you heard a few moments ago. I just I just uh, just convinced at Dave about this usability issue that's driving me absolutely crazy. And the specifics of the issue don't really matter, but the repetition of developers committing these usability crimes against <laughs> against users on the web and it just they don't stop you've been doing this like 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 investments existed since 2006 and i'm i bet you i could ask you has it changed no because <laughs> uh because we love to redo things you know uh be the dead horse <laughs> reinvent the wheel <laughs> i'll give you an example um what is it healthcare.gov.org you know, the most expensive website to have ever been built. And regardless whether you you like it or you don't like it, that's not not the point. Um, I, I think the, um, the the official government cost for it was about one point three billion dollars. Imagine a site one point three billion dollars. Um, and when you look at it and the usability mistakes in it, and I'm like, really, guys? I mean, okay, wh- why do we have to repeat things from 2000? Why are users struggling with some of these things? So uh, I lived for a while in Europe, so I actually didn't. I, I used to give the example because I've read about it. But then last year, I'm back in the U.S., and I'm like, oh, well, let me go ahead and apply. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The amount of hours that I'll be taking people to apply. Wasted time. It's like I can never finish the application. So I forgot it's like 15, 16 steps. So I'm step nine. I'm like, okay, well, okay, I need some more more things that they're asking for. 
I come back and I was like, oh, you have to start again. And I'm like, really? You know, my time, my time, <laughs> you know. So unfortunately, um, and, and this happens due to, to, to many things, by the way. Um, I used to be a developer at some point. Um, and that's actually how I got introduced to conversion optimization and usability. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I can honestly say I didn't really think about usability. I mean, I thought I was doing good work, which technically I was. <laughs> uh, but in terms of the user experience, oh, man, I did not even think about it. It was not something that I paid any attention to or, you know, and, until, until some of my clients lost a lot of money because of silly mistakes that we were making. Well, some of your clients, when you say lost a lot of money, um, we're talking in a stratosphere, not a hemisphere. Um, <laughs> some of your clients, Targets, Discovery Channel, 3M, eBay, um, Ericsson, these are large websites, often legacy websites, um, websites that have been built over time and then added to and added to and added to and added to. When you come across major usability issues, how do you um, how do you approach a uh, a multi-channel website um, with 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 a number of different uh, webmasters with different responsibilities? How do you approach that as a problem when there's major usability issues to deal with? You know, I always give the story of the most expensive A/B test to have ever run. I think in the 21st century because we were responsible. Uh, for it, <laughs> one, okay. of the, one of those large companies, um, their CTO, CTO, not VP of marketing, which is very unusual, is the one who said, "Hey guys, come on in. We need your help. We have some some problems. We're excited. They're a large company. They'll pay you know a, a mm-hmm. nice amount of money." And it took us six months to launch the test because we did not know how to navigate the politics of making a change and how we make a case to convince people that you need to make this this change. Six months into it, I'm sitting in a in a meeting room with the CTO and their director of marketing who was assigned to us to work with the project, and I'm presenting the results. I look at him and I tell him, well, yeah, so we ran this one A-B test. And he's like, he looks at me, he's like, okay, and what were the results? I'm like, no uplift. So imagine high expectations you come in you spend six months and then there is nothing to show he's like he's like all <laughs> investment and nothing he's like that's even a slight uplift not, not, not even. and i'm like no nothing now this single test and, and this is what we explained to the cto there was 21 iterations on the test where every time we were ready to test something and make a change like somebody has an opinion and we have to go and, and, and debate with the sure. team um you know and now, the same company, by the way, now looking at them in 2020, they've changed their structure completely. Not a single thing gets released into their production, their live site, without actually being tested. Um, not, not anybody can just come up with an idea. You have to show why do you think you need to make this change? Um, is, there, is there user research? Is there data? Or did you just dream it up last night? And this is, by the way, like one of the questions that we asked, did you just dream it up last night? And some people say, yes, I did. I'm like, okay, well, there might be something to it. Let's dig a bit, a bit deeper. So you really, it's not only about making the changes, but knowing how you actually persuade people that these are valid changes, that there's actually data and some thought behind making them on, on the website. And then post making the change, you want to go back. And I think this is very critical. Lots of times marketers who were really interested in usability and conversion skip this point. 
is going back and showing the stakeholders. And, and this goes from, by the way, the designer and the engineer to the director, to the VP of marketing, to the investor sometimes, um, showing them that, hey, by the way, this small change that we were debating, this change actually resulted yesterday. We were doing a test and, and I was talking to the investor in the company, uh, $400,000 of additional revenue in the last 30 days. Guess what? That changes the culture in a company. It changes the DNA. And, and that's kind of ultimately what you want to do. Well, it, it, it certainly it certainly changes the debate. Suddenly, you have you have four hundred k of credibility in the debate, eh? Well, <laughs> oh, uh, it, it's it's so helpful, correct? For, for for the longest time, we would do these tests, and, and internally, of course, we celebrate the wins, but we did not share the wins with with our clients. And then, like you know, whenever they ask, like, oh well, the data is there, and I'm like, no, 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 you gotta convince people, you gotta show them the dollar value because, and and you gotta show them the money in the bank because that's a different conversation. Okay, we have to take a break here on Webcology. We've uh, we've actually gone a little bit over time. Friends, you were listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 18th of June, 2020. Lee Salah, who's the CEO and co-founder of Invest. Stick around. we got more coming up after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Maximum customer engagement and retention. Choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony. Trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at CleverTap.com. That's CleverTap.com. Looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. WebmasterRadio.fm Get addicted. Get ahead. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome welcome back to Webcology and WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 18th of June, 2020. Day 100 of uh, the, uh, the, the the COVID pandemic. It's Jim Hedrick, Digital Ways Media. Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And we're joined uh, by Khalid Salah, the uh, CEO and uh, co-founder of Invest. And Khalid, it's day 100. We've been, The world has been in lockdown. It's um, the weirdest, most confusing, most intense time, I think, in most of our lives. Um a uh, massive, stupid general question. How has this affected your relationship with your clients? Oh, man, it's, it's been interesting. Um, so when the lockdown first happened, the first two to three weeks, there was just panic completely. You know, everybody's panicking. We don't know what this means. 
Um, and, and we've had a couple of clients got, that got hit really hard. Um, they relied on sponsorship and you know, they were sponsored by Nike and Adidas. And all of a sudden, those companies just yanked their money. So it was painful to see successful businesses go, go almost bust. I mean, they're, they're barely surviving right now. Um, and at the same time, we had another interesting relationship. So we have a few of our clients that are online plus brick and mortar. Well, guess what? There are no more stores. People are not shopping, not going to the mall to buy from them. And all that demand, for the first three weeks, they saw their sales drop. But this bent-up demand, all of a sudden, moved online. Um, imagine having a conversation with, uh, with a VP of marketing in January, trying to convince him that you should not be spending $80 million on sending catalogs in the mail. It just, you know... <laughs> It's just you probably could use this money it's uh, a, a sure. little bit better online, you know, and I, I just could not win the battle. Uh, and ultimately, the client decides. All of a sudden, you know, COVID had a different plan, new transformation. We, we, we need to rethink our marketing. Um, and I tell you, like, you know, for the last couple of months, those same clients, their sales shot up, you know, and then we're just trying to keep up with, with, with how things are. What worries me is if we end up having a second wave. I really worry about that. Um, right. Not only from the economy perspective, I mean, even just from like, kind of like just the individual person, we, we have a team that's been now working from home for the last two months. And it is funny because for a long time, we asked our team to work from home three days a week, uh, two days they come to the office. And I never really valued those two days. Uh, and then literally yesterday, I had somebody <laughs> who's like, I need human contact. I cannot do this anymore. Um, and you do like, you know, you do the hangouts on Zoom, and you, but it's not the same as going to the office, talking to people, having human contact. Uh, so th that's, what, that's what I think about, actually. Dave? What do we, like, we're, we're, we're on the, the COVID. I got a few different questions I want to ask, but we're, we're talking about COVID. So let's, let's go there. Sure. We're, we're doing CRO, and, and you're, we're talking about tests earlier, right? I mean, I, I do paid search. I've been trying to run some weird experiments and going, this is nothing like anything I've seen before. So how are you addressing that? Is, is the messaging like we can run a test and if there is a second wave, we can learn now what we can deploy then? Or are there things like just quick win? We can know this within like a few days so we can, we can deploy change. So it, it really depends on the clients and how many conversions that they're getting. So if you're dealing with a client that has a few thousand conversions per day, guess what? Things are really quick. Um, and, and one of the things that we've learned uh, doing conversion optimization for so long is no matter how many changes we do to a client's website, there's always about 10% of the traffic that goes to their very original side design before we touch mm -hmm. it. Uh, I find that to be very helpful whenever you're having a debate with a client that although we've made uh, 10, 12 iterations, guess what? 10% of your traffic still sees, sees the old design. 10% of your traffic sees that design that was there back in October of last year. And guess what? That 10% of the traffic is converting at 1%. The other 90% of the traffic that's coming to your site and seeing the new design is converting at 2.5%. What do you think? So that's that's very helpful. But also, by the way, the messaging has changed, I, I, have to, I have to say, because so there's this bent up demand that people are sitting at home. Um, there, there are people who don't have money, completely understand that, and, and, and I feel for them. But 
uh, and it depends on the on the on the client and the site. But then after a while, people are like, okay, what do I do? Staying at home. So clients in education are seeing just some really amazing results, correct? Because if you know the messaging, clients in retail, if you know how to run offers, you're able to reactivate some of the customers. Some people who have not ordered from you in a couple of years, guess what? Campaigns are really working well for them. Promotions are working really well well for them. Now, again, it's been two months of testing these things out and showing results, but if it continues for two, three more months, or if we have a second wave, just how long can you run promotions? Um, you know, I, I know some people say, well, you can continue running them forever. Well, no, after a little while, they oh. become less effective, correct? It's like, oh, I'm going right. to see this promotion today and I'm going to see it next week. Uh, okay. No rush to make a decision. Well, and how do you address, I mean, we're, we're in a fascinating environment. I've actually tried to explain it to clients. I'm like, it's really sad, but it's fascinating to be yeah. in marketing, right? Like, it's just, I'll never see this again. And how do you sort of address with your clients or, or and for our listeners so they can think to the future is what I'm living in right now two weeks from now, it will be different. Regulations will be different, the environment. And, and we're all dealing in a, we might open, but only if this happens. Mm-hmm. Like there's a degree of uncertainty and we're trying to run tests. And the tests that you just finished for a client may have a different result if performed in a month, right? Definitely. So how do, we, how do we address that variable? Uh, I, I think it goes back to really educating clients. And to me, the best clients are the educated ones. So you you have to you have to graduate. And I always tell I always tell clients whenever they sign up, I'm like, hey, the best clients are the ones that we learn from. And I'm always they're like, really? They're like, we're hiring you as a specialist, as a consultant. You have so much experience. I'm like, it's fine. But our best clients. I had this one client on the first day of an engagement ask me a question. It's like, oh, you know, how many A/B tests can we run on our site? So I'm trying to explain to him, you know, go through this. Seven months later, I get a call from the same client. He says, hey, by the way, we're trying to run 12 different tests on our homepage. How can we do that at the same time? I'm like, that's a very interesting question. That is a client that have learned and now explaining to them that the current circumstances might change. Even when you have a winning test, correct? It's not not 100% guaranteed. You're using statistics. You're using a sample data when you ran the test to judge the performance of the test or the winning variation after you deploy it on the website. So that constant education and that relationship, correct, where you become a trusted advisor, uh, where you're very transparent. That's the other thing that I, I notice sometimes with, with marketing guys. And we try and be too smart. And it's not, it's not good. I'm like, listen, clients are smart. They'll figure things out. You try and fudge the numbers and they can figure it out. Um, be very honest. Be, be very transparent. Here's what we're doing, you know, and it might be effective for the next two to three weeks. Um, and then we have to adapt. Uh, but that means also, you're really optimizing a train while it's going at 120 miles per hour or 300 miles per hour, correct? It's a lot different than optimizing a train that's going at 10 miles an hour. Uh, you, you cannot make mistakes. You know, it's like tests need to be deployed really quickly. Um, you need to do quality assurance. So there's, you know, you create a test, but then you deploy it and there's a bug on production. And guess what? The client is losing money. Uh, no one, and then you go back and let's fix the test. Well, no, we've already lost the window of opportunity because the campaign has finished. So you need to be really quick. You need to be very sharp. Uh, I always tell people, I'm like, listen, you can take a journey from point A to point B using, you know, driving a Corolla. That's one way to do it. Or you can drive a Ferrari. It's a completely different experience, correct? Uh, <laughs> driving a Corolla is like, you know, 40 miles an hour. No big deal. You know, we'll get there. But driving at 160 miles an hour, that's a completely different journey. <laughs> you have to be a lot more alert. Right. And if you swerve wrong, 
at that speed, <laughs> the cost is high. Uh, I was trying to, to explain that to my brother-in-law yesterday. He drove from, um, we drove at the same time from Michigan to Chicago. Mm-hmm. I, I have a rule. I mean, maybe I'm, I, I know I'm old. It's like I got old. No, I am old. Uh, <laughs> so somehow, and it's funny, isn't it funny how insurance companies drop your rates after a certain age? I see why, because automatically I just start slowing down. So I like, I do just a speed limit, man. It's just like, you no know, cruise control, 70 miles. He drives probably like a hundred miles an hour. That's what he admits I'm betting even faster. Okay. And also I'm like, I'm like, you know, the smallest thing, like, you know, and it's not about yeah. you being a good driver or not. The smallest thing can just take you out of the road. It's like, yeah. it's not worth the risk. So you got to be careful. Right. There's a reason they're called accidents. Right? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> like that. I, I will be using that slide. <laughs> um, for, for our listeners who, who you know, are, are, are listening and going, okay, I need to, to get involved. And I mean, I, I can't stress enough, and I'm not a CRO person, but I can't stress enough the value you offer. Because I, 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 I've i worked with companies that have brought you in, well, not you specifically, but brought in companies to do that. And I'm like, okay, they basically just increased your conversions. Let's even say a modest 5%, right? To get 5% more converting traffic, not just 5% more traffic, but 5% more traffic that converts is really hard. Right? So if you can do that fast and get that done in a couple of months, it would take me a way longer than a couple of months to get that yeah. job done, right? So so there's there's a huge value. Um, for our, our, our listeners who, who, I mean, obviously the, the, the agencies, the people who work at agencies, they would just call you and go, yeah. I need this done. Um, but for the ones who are just, they're sitting there going, I could try and think about something a little bit differently. What should they be thinking about? What what tools should they be thinking about using? What I mean, they probably you'll probably use very different tools than you're not using Google Optimize or whatever. I'm sure, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but what would you suggest that they be looking at uh, approaching? Especially, and one of the big challenges I found is I look at my site all the time. I love it. I know where everything is. Right? <laughs> it's really hard to see your blind spots. Oh, Dave, uh, you, you want to talk about uh, blind spots. Imagine a CRO company doing their own <laughs> website. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like it takes us four years to make a change because everybody has an opinion. We have a client, one of the largest SEO firms. So been doing SEO forever. And I was suggesting to him we do interviews with his clients. And I know he's like looking at me and he's like, interviews for my clients. I know them in and out, this, that. And he was resistant. Finally convinced him. He got us three of his clients. We did interviews. Then I was talking to him and I'm like, so what do you think about the interviews? He said, you know what? I'll, I'll be very frank. I thought it was a whole bunch of BS when you suggested it. And you're just trying to get more hours. I'm like, I appreciate the honesty. He said, the value that we got from the three hours of interviews, three interviews each is an hour. He's like, this is worth tens of millions of dollars when I look at my business. He's like, I never imagined I would say something like that. I'm like, oh, well, thank you. At least we turned one person a believer. Um, so that's like, you know, one thing that I always focus on when people ask me about the tools, uh, just focus on the customers first. Now I can recommend some tools as well, but. Well, we can get to the tools in a second. I'm afraid we're going to have to take a break before we can get to anything else. Um, we, we can, get, can we get you stick around for a few more minutes? Oh, definitely. I'm, I'm enjoying this. You get me to talk about conversion and I'm, I'll talk for hours. Well, Rock, and we, we, we got to convert a couple of commercials here. So friends who are listening to Web College, you know, webmasterradio.fm. It is the 18th of June, 2020. This is Jim Hedge from Joey's Media. Dave Davis from Beast Talk Internet Marketing. We're joined by Khalid Salah from invest.com. Stick around. More great content coming up after these messages. Webcology will be back after this short break. 
truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training, a weekly podcast for you or your company, distribution to almost every podcast portal, an embeddable player for your website, an ebook called How to Podcast created for WMR.FM show hosts, and much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Welcome back to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is a often confused Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk. Beanstalk into that market again. Uh, Khalid, you just reminded me that I know we met before. I know. Um, I don't know which conference. Uh, you say it was 08 SES? Uh, I think it was SES Chicago, 08, 09. You know, it's did all you, jumbled in my mind now. Did you guys have a uh, sweet party where you were doing comparisons of websites? No, but I can, I can remind you of something. Okay, yeah, happened. yeah, yeah. What, what happened? <laughs> so we're standing in front of the hotel, you know, and we had just met. A limo pulls up, door opens. And you jump in and you look at me. You're like, you're not coming in. I'm like, mm, I'm, I don't know. He's, you're like, here's a rule that you should apply in life. Whenever a limo door opens, you jump in. <laughs> where, where did we end up? Oh, man. It's all vague after that. <laughs> Those are often the best stories. So there you go. Okay. Um, at one of these shows, I distinctly remember going up to a suite. Um, this is probably during the daytime, not during the nighttime, because I distinctly remember it. And it was a conversion, op- a conversion optimization company was holding this one of the coolest demonstrations. They had six different iterations of a website, and they got us to choose the one that we thought was going to be the winner, the one, the one that that scored the most conversions. Naturally, everyone I chose was wrong. <laughs> I, I batted zero for zero for ten. How um, how often does? Because I, I, I'm a marketer, right? So I'm 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 Mr. God's gift to marketing, and I walk in here with all these assumptions, and I'm dead wrong. It's completely wrong. Most of us feel this way. We're 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 stuck in, as you said earlier, we're stuck in our emotions, and we're often stuck in our egos. How often do you find that? And I don't want to say they got it wrong. But the customer got it wrong. Their, their their vision just doesn't even come doesn't mesh with what their what their customers are looking for. Oh man, um, I, I always say I've done CRO long enough that I've been humble humbled way too many times by me thinking surely this is a better design, and then the end customer has a different opinion. Not sure why, but you know they do. Um, so we're working with this with this retailer, 
and you know we suggested something on redesigning their their card page and i still remember getting a call from their vp of e-commerce and oh my god he just exploded on the phone now i don't usually get involved in the projects we have teams He's like, this is, and he just a whole bunch of obscenities that are just going on. And I'm like, okay, you know, so let's him cool down. I'm like, well, let me just check with the team. I go back, um, talk to the team. And I'm like, oh, this makes perfect sense. The research, you know, and I go back to, to him and I'm trying to convince him, but he's not. He's like, this is absolutely horrendous. We will never do this. It took about two weeks to convince him. Yeah, let's, let's just run a test. You know, what's the big deal? You know, and, and as a matter of fact, they have enough visitors and traffic. We're like, we're going to run the test with only 25% of the traffic. We run the test. And the next day I get a call from him, a call from him. And he's like, call it. I've been wrong. Um, I thought I knew everything there is to know about our customers. <laughs> now, this is a company that's been around since 1932. Um, large company. And they, they are really very sophisticated about marketing. Uh, but lo and behold, you're always learning something new. And I think that goes back to like, you know, understanding humans and trying to figure out, okay, what makes them what makes them tick. Now, I'll throw in another statistic that I find very entertaining. If you show a conversion optimization specialist test that he designed um, a year later, 60% of the time, 60-65%, he will pick the wrong winner. His own tests. You know, it is like, here, you've designed this a year ago. So which design? Now, of course, you're not showing it to somebody who just designed one test. And it's like, oh, I have one win. So I remember it really well. We're talking about like, you know, somebody who's actually very involved. So I don't, uh, I, don't mean to sound, I don't mean to sound naive, but I really am this naive. Why do we make these mistakes? Why? What, 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 you know, you, you think we'd know better after, after all this experience. Uh, we, we make a lot of assumptions. Uh, you know, we, we, humans are predictable. Uh, marketers are even more predictable, correct? Uh, there's there's comfort and consistency, uh, even if that consistency is silly. Uh, so that's that's the, the the thing that like you know the reason we make we make mistakes and is how we stay in business as as investors as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things I, I find interesting about what you'd said is I would naturally my 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 default state on CRO would be to believe that. There's a set of rules. There's like a checklist, which of course isn't because each client base is different. So how much of the fact that people would guess their own test wrong, like in worse than a flip of a coin, from the sounds of it, you'd do better to flip a coin and guess whether you you designed one or, or not. So you're actually more wrong than than, than statistics would, would lead to. How much of that is based on the fact that the current user, the last one that you looked at, the latest user research you were doing was for a completely different demographic or a completely different need case. They don't have urgency. They have, you know, luxury in mind, right? And ego. Um, how, how much of that plays in that it's, or is it just changing that much? If you asked me an SEO strategy from a year ago, I might go, oh yeah, no, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> yeah. That's something I might've said to do a year ago. The, 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 there's a reason why I decided to hire an SEO and not to keep up with it. It's just like <laughs> Google changes their mind every day. And it's like, okay. Um, so here, here's the thing, actually. Um, I think this is more fundamental, uh, which is really sad to say, but I think we as marketers forget the very basics of, of marketing. Um, I was looking at the best books of copywriting. I'm, I'm into copywriting. I've been into it now for, for a few months. And some of the best books on copywriting have been written in 1923 and 1934 
Mm-hmm. The rules have not changed because ultimately humans uh, humans uh, like you know make decisions based on emotions. But and and I go back to to to, to my site and I'm like you know I was, I was sitting and I was showing it to my daughter. She's interning with us um, uh, this summer, so she reads it, and she's like, "Dad, um, no one speaks this way." Yeah. You know? Now, mind you, here is a conversion optimization guy and wrote the copy. No one speaks this way, and I. I love in our land, they do. She's like, your land? Where is that? I told her, the land of marketers. Um, but but th- that's kind of the reality. Uh, sometimes we, we, we're we not able to drill deep into the raw emotions uh, because it's a bit risky, by the way. Um, and, and so we, we fall into the defaults. We use big words that mean nothing. We use adjectives that I'm like, eh, doesn't add any value. We don't use the customer's, the customer's words. Now, I'll, I'll add something else, by the way, that marketers do. We like to collect very few data points from a lot of customers. That, that's what we do. That's what Google Analytics is. Few data points. Here's where people clicked. How much time? Bounce rate? Exit rate? No context. No value. I suggest we take a different approach. Tremendous amount of data points from a few set of from a few set of customers, few number, like you know, much lower number. I like to interview ten customers, and I get so much more insights from them when I spend about fifteen hours with them. Uh, a lot better than the insights I get from like you know somebody answering a poll, like you know, and somebody posing a poll, and he got fifty thousand answers. So now, why? Like I, I I understand, but it's counterintuitive. You're right. Like I'm 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 an SEO. I look at sites. I try and make big decisions. You know, based on exactly what you're talking about. Like, I don't know who these people are. I just see them in aggregate. And, yeah. and, and I'm trying to make decisions. How do you avoid the opposite scenario where a couple outliers could start to yeah. skew data um, with a, with too small a pool? <laughs> see, see, like, you know, I've been saying the same thing and no one ever had asked me that question because it's a very powerful question. It's like, okay, so you get looking at lots of data from 10 people, but do they represent your your full customer set. You know, like and I, we have a client that has tens of thousands of people and now making decisions based on 10. So what you do, so when we do those interviews, we pull the data, we do the analysis, we figure out, okay, well, here's why people are buying one, two, three, four. Here's the emotions that are connected with them. That's when I go and validate that data with lots and lots of people. That's when we say, oh, well, you know, here's the four reasons that people told us they bought this product. One, two, three, four. Let's launch a poll on the website or let's do an email survey and tell people, say, hey, can you help us out? Um, Why did you buy the product? Here are the four reasons. And then we put the fifth reason to say other. And let's see what people are saying. Are they actually selecting those four or are they feeling or are we getting 40, 50% of them saying other? You know, those stories. So you use you need to start with the right point and then you need to validate it and then you can make informed decisions. Otherwise, yeah, a couple of people can take you astray. tremendously. <laughs> uh, one of the things I really love that you said, and I, I think it applies to, to SEO as well. Like just, I, I use it a lot. I refer to them as pre-intent queries. And, mm. and you were talking uh-huh. about getting in front of people, sort of trying to remember, was it, was it rainy that day? Was it, I mean, that, that doesn't really yeah. rely on pre-intent queries, but I'm like, right, getting an understanding what, they were trying to accomplish before they even knew you were the solution yeah. sort of sort of idea so how how does that impact cro like you're 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 placing them where they are how big an impact is understanding something like the mood they were in or yeah. what problem they were trying to actually solve because they weren't looking for blue widgets definitely were- so i'll give you an example which was so powerful so we have this client uh, they sell 
high-end bikes, very expensive, a few thousand dollars. I mean, it's just silly like, to sell buy bikes like that, but hey, all power to them. And we're trying to figure out why people buy them. So like, you know, well, it's lightweight and it's this and it's that. I'm like, no, that's kind of the functional aspects. Okay. And, and I'm sorry, like, you know, between 10 pounds to like, you know, six pounds. Okay. I mean, like, you know, I, I go on my bike, but I'm, I'm not going to pay between $500 to like you know, $7,000. Makes no sense to me. Um, now, Couple of things, a couple of things uh, on that. We're interviewing the customer. We're trying to understand, like, oh, so what was going on in your life when you bought this? And this one person is like, well, actually, I had the idea because I was on a bike ride on a Sunday, and I was with a group of, of uh, other bike, like you know, uh, people on their bikes, bicycles. Um, and I looked, and the group leader had that brand. And I'm like, oh, okay. So how did that make you feel? He said, and then look at this so powerful. He said, I felt envious. Oh, mm. you know. <laughs> and I'm like, so what do you do? He's like, I went and I bought the bike, the bicycle on Monday. And they gave me two receipts. One receipt to show my wife, another receipt, the real receipt. <laughs> 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 now imagine. The, the, the treasure that you get. No one's going to tell you I felt envious. That's the reason I went to buy this bicycle. I spent $7,000 on it. What kind of marketing you can do with that? Uh, I'll, I'll finish with this one, one story. I have a rule when it comes to buying jeans. I don't spend more than $50 on jeans. I don't care. You know, it sounds cheap or not. I, I'll spend hundreds of dollars on a suit, but jeans, $50. That's kind of the limit. My brother-in-law, the, the, the guy with 100 miles an hour, he likes uh, Lululemon. I'm like, I don't even know who they are. He's like, oh, they're amazing. This, I don't know how much are they. That's my filter. Mm-hmm. $130. Nope. Not going to spend $130 on a pair of jeans. And I, I looked at him. I told him, that's stupid to buy a pair of jeans for $130. He said, no, it's not. I'm like, why? And look at his answer was so powerful. He said, well, because people like us wear these jeans. People like us. Yeah. It is so powerful. If as a brand, you can figure out that people like whatever group it is, they buy from you, you occupy a certain space in the mind of your target customers. I'm definitely not one of their customers, correct? But my brother-in-law, people like us, you know, he's willing to spend and he's spending thousands of dollars with them. So all power to them, all power to him. (laughs) Khalid, man, we've got to go out again one night because uh, this (laughs) this has been a fun conversation. I I, I, I wish the hour were several hours longer. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that coming from you guys. So, um, Khalid Salah, uh, co-founder and CEO of Invest. Man, thank you so much for for coming by and, and spending time on Web College today. We're gonna have you back again soon, um, sooner than two thousand and eight. Well, hey. Certainly. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> friends. We've gone full clock. We uh, time's up. Uh, it is the eighteenth of June, twenty eighteen. Spring's over. Summers began. Summer begins next week, which means summer's almost over. Get out, enjoy yourself. Socially distant, stay safe. Wear a mask, wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Rank well, be kind to each other, and we'll talk to you next week. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect wow, those that was a, that was a show. Radio.fm's that was management Thank or you guys. sponsors. I enjoyed it. Any broadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.